It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Cross ice pass by Morrissey to Iafano. Now Shifley back for Morrissey for a drive save and a great stop by Blackwood on a backhand shot by Iafano on the rebound. Play continues. Shot. Club save. Oh no! Knocked down. And it's just poked wide by Winnipeg. In front of a net, another shot by Morrissey wide. Big rebound in front. Fed across the ice, Winnipeg flying. It's now a chance toward the net. And it's a block by Ferraro off the stick of Ehlers from the right wing circle. Winnipeg keeps the pressure on. They can really ratchet things up when they want to. Here's the play to the net, they score! That's a shot by Ehlers, might have been chipped in front. Velarde was at the left, right side of the goal, and somehow it slipped in. That is a power play goal for Winnipeg, a costly one against the Sharks. It is two to one Jets. Well, I mean, we just played the best team in the Western Conference right now, and it was a toe-to-toe game. You know, our first 15 minutes were not good, and after that, I mean, they had six scoring chances, five on five. So, I mean, our guys are competing their asses off, and they keep plugging away and they're going to show up again tomorrow and work hard and we're going to get out of this it's been a bear of a schedule and you know we're not playing Los Gatos high you know so uh, but we'll come back tomorrow and you know, whether we got to play perfect or not I don't know I just know we're going to keep playing better all right good morning everyone how are we all doing the San Jose Sharks losing streak now extends to 10 games, uh, first team with double-digit losing streaks, two double-digit losing streaks in the same season since the San Jose Sharks did so in the 92-93 season. Ottawa Senators are another team that have done that as well. So, you know, it's it's not a whole lot of fun right now, but the one thing that I will look at as a positive, and I think this has to be taken into consideration when we think about everything that the Sharks are doing right now, is you have to ask the question of, are they competing? And I think the answer unequivocally is yes. They did not have the greatest first 15 minutes of the game last night. I think that through the first about 11 minutes, they were on pace for six shots in the game, but they just did not look like they were some pushover, you know, easy-to-handle team that was on the end of a 10-game losing streak or something like that, or in the midst of a 10-game losing streak, I should say. They looked like a team that was battling. They looked like a team that was working hard, and they looked like a team that was trying to get the win, and I give them a lot of credit for that because... When the losses pile up like this, and we're now looking at two double-digit losing streaks, it would be, quote-unquote, easier to mail it in, right? I mean, you know that you have to be darn near perfect. You know that the opposition is much, much better than you. You know that you need things to just completely go your way, seemingly, for you to have any chance to have a win. And in spite of all that, the Sharks are still playing what I think is Some pretty decent hockey. Losing 2-1 to Winnipeg, who's been one of the best teams in the Western Conference as of late, the only losses they have in there are to the Sharks and one other team. 
I don't think that's really a bad way to go down two to one, especially on a day where you just didn't have a great start to the game. But as much as I think you can say, oh, well, they were flat to get out, like Winnipeg has the ability to make other teams look flat in the first few minutes. They kind of smother things up. They control things. They are um, not in the same vein as L.A., but they will definitely, you know, make things difficult for their opposition and make things, you know, very, very hard to work out of and not allow a lot of shots. And they were just you know, seemingly controlling the puck. And that's just how it goes in some of these games. But I give the Sharks a lot of credit because they were able to absorb that. They didn't let that completely derail them from their game plan. And they were able to get back into it. They were able to take the lead. And I will I will look at that every time and think to myself, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all right with that. The Sharks had a bad start. That can happen in any game. But they were definitely better and better as the game went on and on. And what they're unfortunately lacking is the overall offensive ability to score multiple goals. We worried this year that the Sharks were not going to have a whole lot of offense. No more Eric Carlson, no more Timo Meyer. I think that the additional loss of Logan Couture for every game of the year up to this point makes it that much more difficult. But in that game in which you were thoroughly outplayed in the first 15 minutes, but you had Mackenzie Blackwood making a hell of a game as again, you're up one nothing halfway through the second. Shortly thereafter, you see Winnipeg come back to tie, and then the third period off a of power play, they are able to take a lead. Again, two goals to a team as good as Winnipeg has been, I don't take umbrage with that. The Sharks' main issue is their lack of offensive production. I mean, they are not getting blown out in most games. We look at this one, they lost 2-1 against the Red Wings. You know, they're up 3-2 at a certain point of that game, and the Red Wings find a way to power past them. You know, that's not... It's not terrible. And I know it's that's not the bar. Like, yes, you don't want to be terrible, Ted. Like, yeah, I would understand if you came back to me with that line. But, you know, this isn't the same type of losing that we saw earlier this year when they were getting blown out 10-1 and 10-2. And, of course, that should not be the standard. Again, I'm not trying to, you know, make excuses for this team. But the end result is I am watching a competitive Sharks team who I think that when you get down to it, they don't have the horses. They don't have the overall ability. They don't have the talent level to be able to compete with a lot of these teams, especially when you're looking at the news yesterday. Matt Benning is done for the year. Logan Couture has yet to play a game up to this point of the season. Nico Sturm has not been playing. They haven't won a game without him. I think the last game he played was that last win against Winnipeg. The Sharks are not the same team without these players. And Sturm, Logan, and Benning were three guys that you would slot into the starting lineup on any night at the beginning of the season. Now, that's not to say that other players shouldn't be better, but at the same time, you've got to acknowledge that this is not the same team on paper, which was already expected to be not great, that they had hoped to have out there, and the the effects are showing. And again, I, I don't blame David Quinn for this. I don't blame anyone specifically. I just think you have to look at the very, very you know harsh reality that the Sharks, talent-wise, are lacking, especially against some of these upper-tier teams, like Winnipeg, and they beat Winnipeg a month ago, their last win, so it's not like it's impossible, but right now it is exceedingly difficult, and things do not get much more easy. They've got Toronto at home on Saturday afternoon at 4. Then they go out on the road, and they are going to be playing Toronto at 4 in Toronto. Then it's Montreal, which is a winnable game. Then it's Ottawa, which is a winnable game. Then it's Buffalo, which is going to be tough because that's a 10 a.m. start our time, and then they're going to be playing Chicago that's a winnable game. Chicago is not exceedingly better than where the Sharks are right now. Then they're home against Anaheim, so that's not exceedingly unwinnable in terms of a game. So I look at every game, especially, uh, except for, for Toronto on this road trip, 
provides somewhat of a winnable situation, even if the Buffalo one looks a little bit more difficult because that's a 10 a.m. start time on our West Coast bodies. That's going to be difficult. But, you know, Montreal, Ottawa, Chicago, those are winnable games. And they could, you know, listen, they could put one past Toronto. There's always a chance they show up big time in that game against the Sabres. Anything is possible. And then the game against the Ducks when they're back in town on Saturday the 20th, that's another big opportunity for the team. And then they're going to be at L.A. That's difficult. Back home against New York. And then they're going to be hosting Buffalo and then hosting Seattle before they're back out onto the road taking on Anaheim. So the schedule does let up a little bit. Yes, L.A. and the Rangers are going to be difficult. But after that point, Buffalo and the Kraken and the Ducks present more winnable situations. The Sharks' schedule this year has just been a bear. There's no other way to look at it. And then after they get through to the end of the month, you know, they're not back at it till the 14th of February at Winnipeg and then at Calgary. So they'll get some rest and they will have the opportunity to be healthier. They will have the opportunity to be overall better, I think, after getting some rest. And I think the health plays such a huge role in that. And we do expect, at least according to head coach David Quinn, that, you know, Logan Couture is going to return on this next upcoming road trip. Now, whether or not he's back before Chicago, I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, obviously. But I think that when you talk about getting a player like Logan Couture back out there on the ice, that can only be viewed as a positive overall. Now, the only thing that I was looking at last night that really frustrated me was probably when the Sharks were trying to tie the game in the waning moments, and that was William Eklund who had a shot open, not perfectly open, but he had a shot, and he decided to give it up and look for the open man in Grandland, and it got broken up. That was the only play that I really took umbrage with. And hopefully that's a learning situation for William Eklund. He's got to be greedy in those situations. He's got to have an appetite for the game winner. And I know that has he missed that shot or had been blocked, there would probably be people, be people screaming that, oh, well, he had Granlin open. He should have passed him. It's a lose-lose situation there unless your shot scores the game-tying goal or unless you feed Granlin for the game-tying goal. If it goes any differently, then it's a lose-lose situation where every decision you made was the quote-unquote wrong decision. I don't believe it's the wrong decision because in that situation, I don't think there is one, but I do think that's a situation where I need him to be greedier and just go for the gusto and see what happens. You know, at that point, you're just trying to do anything. You can't be too picky. You can't look for a quote-unquote better shot. You've got to put pucks on net and hope something happens off a rebound, create chaos, make them answer the questions that you're asking of them and see what happens. And again, I hope that's a learning situation for him. I hope that he comes back from that and understands that, yeah, that's one where I need to be better. That's one where I need to just take that shot. That's one where I need to, you know, give us a better chance to win by just letting it fly. And otherwise, you know, I can't take umbrage with a lot out of that game. I know some people are going to say, well, the, you know, the penalty kill failed him again. You know, there were two penalty kill opportunities in that game. You know, Winnipeg, as good as they are, they scored on one of them. I understand that the Sharks penalty kill has not been stellar as of late, but I also acknowledge that Winnipeg's probably going to do that to you. They're on a heater right now. They're playing their best hockey of the season. The Sharks have been the one team that's been able to beat them as of late, or one of two teams that's been able to beat them as of late. Otherwise, they just keep on winning. They keep on scoring. They keep on doing things right. They play a, a hard style. They finish their checks. They're just they're a good team, and the Sharks, unfortunately, are not a good team right now, and it's it's a tough task. But, you know, Mackenzie Blackwood, uh, again, he looked exactly like I expected him to look. He had the illness. He'd been out for a little bit. He got a little bit of rest. And he looked like the Mackenzie Blackwood that we've seen so many times this year. I mean, again, whether it's Capo, whether it's Blackwood, you, you can't fault the Sharks goalies this year. I'm sure there are games where you could say they could be a little bit better. But unlike previous years where you're looking at the goalies and saying they need to be better, they're hurting the Sharks. 
This is not one of those situations. The goalies are doing their jobs. They're keeping the Sharks in games. They're giving their teams an opportunity to win. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If you've only given up one or two goals heading into the third period at home or on the road, that should be, in a different timeline, a winnable game. If this were, you know, a couple years ago, 2018-2019, and they had Mackenzie Blackwood and Kapo Kakinen, that... Might be a team that lifts the cup. If they had that in you know other seasons, again, I, I think this might be a team that lifts the cup. But where they are right now, having quality net mining just isn't enough to push them over the top because they don't have the offense to go with it. Now, your hope is that in a couple of years that Will Smith and Quentin Musty and you know, William Eklund and Thomas Bordalo and Shakir McMadulin and you, know, you go down the list of these young guys that are developing for the Sharks, you hope that they all have the opportunity to provide more in addition to that quality net mining, and also that the goalies don't get burned out having to stand on their head on night after night after night after night, because oftentimes that is what we are seeing from these guys, right? Like we watch them make these incredible saves. We watch them make these incredible plays, but you know, it's not always going to be this difficult ostensibly. At some point, the Sharks are going to be more sound. They're going to do things better defensively. They're going to have greater puck possession. They're going to give themselves the opportunity to um, not rely on their goalies to the same extent. And if the goalies don't have to constantly be you know, fighting for their lives, then that also makes life that much easier. But what I do see right now is a Sharks team that is, they're beat up, they're tired, they need to get a little bit of a break, and maybe that will be the case, um, getting a couple days off before they go out onto the road. They get two games off before they're in uh, Toronto. Um, but, you know, right now you look at the standings, and I am seeing a team that has lost 10 in a row. It's the worst in the NHL right now. The other worst streak, I believe, is a four-game losing streak. The other best streak is a six-game winning streak by Florida. But, you know, you look at where the Sharks are right now, it's still not significantly worse than what we see from Chicago. Chicago has 24 points right now. Anaheim has 27 points right now. And Ottawa has 28 points right now. Even Buffalo coming up, they've only got 36. Columbus only has 34. But, you know, you look at the Sharks, the Ducks, and the Blackhawks in particular, it's not like they're out there in space. And I'm not trying to make excuses. We know it's not good enough. We know that that's not what we expect to see from the Sharks. But, at the same time, you've got to be somewhat realistic and say that, yeah, these are all teams that are in the process of trying to get themselves back to the top. And what annoys me is I see people on you know Reddit, there was a post like, oh, I'm giving away this Sharks gear due to the current state of the team. Like, yeah, the state of the team is they're trying to make themselves good again. You can't be good for as long as the Sharks were without delaying the inevitable rebuild, which is what they did. And for those of you that say, oh, well, Doug Wilson, you know, traded away our few. Yeah, he did trade away. Many draft picks because they were always focused on the here and now trying to get this team a Stanley Cup. And they were contenders year after year after year. And in their last possible run, they still made it to the Western Conference Final. And the only thing that slowed them down was that they were exceptionally beat up. Yeah, that's that's going to be how it goes sometimes. But for the better part of 20 years, they were in the playoffs every year. They had several trips to the Western Conference Final. They had a trip to the Stanley Cup Final. They were not the best team and there can be some you know, just the breaks didn't go their way in certain situations or they had bad series or ran into a hot goalie, and that's sports. That's how it goes sometimes. But this isn't a current state of the franchise. This isn't ineptitude. This is a clear-cut plan to take on bad contracts, to replenish the draft pool, to make themselves a better team for tomorrow. It's not about today. It is about tomorrow. And I'm sorry that some of you don't understand that, but that is 
where this Sharks team is. They are building for their future right now. And that means that the current reality, it's going to be a little bit rough. It's going to be a little bit ugly. Um, but this isn't the state of the team. This isn't ignorance or nobody knows what they're doing. No, Mike Greer knew exactly what he was getting into. Pretty much said word for word that there were going to be tough times ahead when he was hired in his introductory press conference. And we have gone down a very clear-cut path that he has put them on so that they can be better in the future. Again, if you don't get that, that's on you. We are going to take a break. You are listening to Morning Tide presented by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Face off, dumped back down by San Jose into the Winnipeg end. Just barely cleared out because Duclair had a stick up. It's going to be a three on one the other way. Toninato now in front. Demisnik off the shot. A spectacular save by Mackenzie Blackwood again. The Sharks can't clear. Kept in. Filardi to Morrissey. Rink wide across the seam. There's Ehlers with it. Couldn't get it. Eklund trying to steal it. Ehlers the shot. And Blackwood makes another save. It has been the Mackenzie Blackwood show since the start of this game. And it's still nothing, nothing because of it. Um, pretty good to, to, you know, get back and have a, have a good game. So, um, yeah, a couple of tough games there. You know, sometimes they don't go the way you want. And, uh, you know, you always kick yourself. You go, oh, what could I do better? But if you just keep sticking to the game plan, you know, things turn around. But, yeah, it was nice to have a, a better game tonight. That was a save from Mackenzie Blackwood and some post-game commentary from Mackenzie Blackwood after last night's game in which he played very, very well. I, you know, I can't fault Mackenzie Blackwood for anything that went wrong in last night's game. He did his job, and it was the uh, work around him that otherwise was the problem. When I look at that game, I think it was just the Sharks' offense. Because even, yes, you can say, well, Ted, they give up the power play goal. It's like, yeah, that happens. That's A man advantage is going to work out in the other team's favor oftentimes. But when I look at the stats out of last night's game, I look at Mackenzie Blackwood. He stopped 28 out of 30 shots attempts. He had a 9.33 save percentage. And then when we look at the game as an overall, I mean, this is shots on goal. The Sharks got outshot 30 to 28. They won the faceoff battle 70 to 30. Uh, one for one, the Jets on the power play. Sharks 0 for 2. Uh, the Sharks uh, got out hit by the Jets 16-8. Uh, but they blocked more shots than the Jets 17-16. So not the worst game that I've ever seen from the San Jose Sharks in any way, shape, or form, but where they are right now is just that they need to be perfect, and that's something that we've talked about. That's a lot for a team to have to handle in any given game situation, the knowledge that they have to be perfect. More from Blackwood after the game when asked if the Sharks were doing anything different and or better on defense five-on-five. Five. Yeah, I mean, uh, you'd have to talk to a lot of the forwards. I mean, like Kappa said last game, you know, we're just out there trying to do our job and we just, uh, you know, see the game in our end and, um, you know, worry about uh, doing what we can for the team. So, I mean, as far as, like, systems and stuff like that, you know, they talk about it and, uh, you know, we have to know four checks and, and stuff like that. But other than that, no, we just kind of uh, know what they like to run in the ozone and stuff and uh you know just trying to make saves 
Back to David Quinn talking about the overall game and the uh, the difficulty in playing better, playing well, but not being able to find the win when all is said and done. Yeah, I think it hurts a lot more that you lose when you play the way we do and put into it what you put into it. I mean, early on, like I said, we were hanging on. We were barely surviving in the first losing streak we had. But you know, we're competing and doing a lot of good things and, you know, just not... Getting the, again, it's a make or miss league too, right? You got to take advantage of your chances and keep the puck out of the net when they get chances. And again, you know, just one five on five goal tonight. So we're defending better. Again, our defense D zone looks a lot better. And but I thought there was other aspects. I thought in the second and third we were playing faster and getting out of our zone better and you know doing some things in the O zone. I mean, I think the takeaway is that, yes, there were more positives out of this game, but until those positives turn into a win, I don't think that they're looking at these positives as positives. I think they're looking at them as negatives and thinking to themselves, we could have done this better. We could have done that better. We need to be better in this area. We need to be better here. And again, that's it's a tough mentality because you are stuck in that loop. It's like you play better, but it doesn't mean anything. And then what happens if you you know, don't play better, but you have some breaks go your way and you get a win. You think, well, does that invalidate the hard work? And, if, you know, of course the answer is no, but, you know, that's just where they are right now. It's it's not easy for the San Jose Sharks. Clearly, um, their hard work and efforts are going unrewarded, which is always a very difficult and tenuous situation, in my opinion. And, you know, if they don't get that reward, if they don't get that ability to find wins, then it's just going to make things that much more difficult for the team going forward. So, a 10-game losing streak, doesn't matter the sport. It's going to be very, very difficult. And right now, the Sharks are looking for just that extra little, you know, 1%, 2% that hopefully is going to push them over the top. When that comes, your guess is as good as mine. But for the time being, it's it's not there, and they need to find it either on Saturday when they host Toronto or, you know, when they go out onto the road starting at Toronto. But right now, the answers are elusive. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, some good things. Um, just at the end of the day, you got to find ways to, to win. It's, it's frustrating right now. Um, but, you know, guys are working. Guys are, you know, trying to get out of this. And, you know, the only way out is to just keep, you know, putting your head down, getting to work, um, just learning from it. And, you know, come come in tomorrow and, and get better. That's Luke Cunning after the loss last night and talking about keeping your head down and going to work. I think... That's the the sense that you need to put on the blinders to the 10-game losing streak. You need to teach treat each game like an individual, which is, of course, easier said than done, but I do think there is something to that. Don't let the streak define the team. Don't let the losing be more impactful than it has to be. Just put your head down and go to work. If everybody does that as a team, there is the sense that they will be able to come out on the other side at some point. Ty Amberson was asked about whether or not some of the mistakes they made in last night's game were correctable. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're hard to correct, and there's a reason that, that they, they haven't been corrected yet, but I think we're working on it daily. Well, it's means about it tomorrow, and like you said, Toronto's a good power play, so we just got to forget about this one and learn from it and just try to dial it in for Saturday. It's been good to see Emerson back out there and healthy, by the way. I, I like his game, and I think that there is – there's something there, so we'll see what that develops into. Uh, before we run out of time, I wanted to get into some of the conversation I had yesterday with Curtis Pashelka of Bay Area News Group. I asked him about the Sharks' losing streak while looking ahead to the schedule on the road with this five-game road trip. Yeah, yeah, and you mentioned the injuries there. I mean, Nico Sturm being out, that's that's a loss for this team. You know, um, you know he's a guy, terrific, terrific in the face-off dot, uh, kills penalties, 
Um, and I think the Sharks are still without a win when he hasn't been in the lineup this year. Something like oh and uh oh and ten or over eleven or something along those lines. So you know, he's a loss and and you know, it's just David Quinn's talked a lot about how the Sharks just at times just haven't been playing winning hockey. Um, just little mistakes here and there. It reminds me a little bit of last season when, you know, the Sharks were competitive in games, but just one or two catastrophic mistakes uh, lead to the puck being in the back of the net. And I think that's, you know, that's what happened to some degree against, you know, obviously against Detroit and, you know, against Colorado, they, they competed hard, but, you know, they take a delay. It was a take a penalty and on the delayed call, uh can scores to give uh, Colorado the lead with less than four minutes to go. So, uh, it's just little things that continue to kind of haunt this team right now. They uh, during that stretch, you know, obviously you mentioned there, they were kind of they were really scoring well. I mean, the offense was coming alive, and so they can outscore uh, a couple of these mistakes here and there. But they just haven't had that luxury here over these over the last few games. And and uh, you know, like you said, it just uh, you wonder. You look at the schedule here, and and you know things do let up a little bit. It's not you know it's not like a, a five game trip where you had early in our season where you're going against the Floridas and the Tampa Bays and the Carolinas, you know, I mean, Montreal's kind of up and down here. Ottawa's been struggling, you know, Buffalo's up and down. Chicago's definitely still in a deep rebuild. So, um, but you know, the team has to sort of get the confidence back, you know, to win, to win again. I've, I've kind of said, and other guys have said that, you know, you got to have, uh, you know, it's almost a chicken and egg thing. You got to need the confidence to win games, but to get the confidence, you know, to win games, you need that type of confidence. So uh, it's a little bit of back and forth with this team. I've heard a lot of guys say, you know, the mentally, you know, sometimes this team fades in and out. You know, they're not always on, on you know, where they need to be uh, in terms of a compete standpoint, in terms of a, a mental strength standpoint. So that's the, that's one thing that's got to improve here as we go into the, the second half of the year. They're already played like 38 games. So we're going into the second half here pretty soon. And I asked him about all the injuries that the Sharks have racked up, most injured team in the NHL. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I will be curious to see at the end of the season whether or not the Sharks chalk it up to, to bad luck or is there maybe a deeper dive that needs to happen uh, and ways to prevent these uh, some of these injuries. Um, you know, he is... Uh, you know, Matt Benning, you know, he's he doesn't have a ton of tread on the tires. You know, he's still, you know, he's 29. He's has been in the league for six or seven years now, or maybe a bit more. And, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see you know, the, the feeling is obviously he'll be ready for this training camp there and, and uh, be able to kind of, uh, you know, play, play at a high level again. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, it is a lot of games to miss, to miss in just the first half of the season. I think there are over 200 man games lost at this point. And, you know, we'll see when Logan Couture is able to come back and, Nico Sturm, if when he uh, when he might start to be available again, and yeah. you know it's uh, and whether or not they can stay healthy for the rest of the season. I mean, the last thing this team wants to see is is guys some of their pending UFA that they might be able to get to a certain return in a trade market. You know, get hurt. You know, towards the deadline, that would that would be. Uh... And I asked him about fans accepting the fact that this rebuild doesn't happen overnight. No, exactly. And you just look at the year ahead and how much uh, churn or how much, uh, you know, roster upheaval you're going to be looking at here. I think there's, you know, nine or 10 on pending unrestricted free agents. And outside of maybe two or three players, I don't think any of those guys are going to be back. So, 
you know, you're looking at, you know, adding some, some pieces into the, into, onto this organization, getting it a little bit younger, you know, we'll see if, uh, we'll see if a Will Smith joins this team next year. We'll see if they get a little bit of draft lottery luck and a Michael Celebrini comes along. You know, it's just, like you said, there's a lot of things that need to happen before the Sharks team can really be a, a consistent playoff contender again. And, you know, I think the one thing the Sharks are looking forward to is in a couple of years having a lot of cap space to sort of play with and then, you know, maybe adding some pieces here so you can turn up maybe turn try to turn this thing around maybe quicker than uh, some other teams have had so far. I don't think that they – the Sharks are, are wanting to go through a, a situation where they're missing the playoffs 10 years in a row, like yeah. like, a, like a Buffalo has or, or a, a Detroit might be coming up on or an Ottawa or things like that. So, you know, they don't want that to, to necessarily, necessarily continue for a really long time. But, you know, at the same time, they don't necessarily want to rush it either. So we'll see kind of how the next, the next uh, year unfolds and, and what the Sharks team can do, you know, at the trade deadline in terms of uh, bringing in some assets for uh, some of their pending unrestricted free agents, uh, you know, going into next season, I guess. To hear the rest of that interview, check out yesterday's edition of the Build Up Game 39 versus Winnipeg. A lot of good insights there from Curtis, who's always fun to talk to, and you should definitely follow his coverage of the team for Bay Area News Group. We are just about out of time. Uh, be sure to join us tomorrow, pregame 3.30, go time 4, as the San Jose Sharks are hosting the Toronto Maple Leafs. And there is, of course, the uh, Bay FC Shirzy giveaway so i imagine that with toronto in town and a jersey giveaway we are going to see a packed house on saturday as the sharks take on toronto before they head out on the road for five and hopefully uh in the near future this 10 game losing streak another double digit losing streak will have come to an end all right that wraps up for this edition of morning tide presented by coors light for the san jose sharks i'm ted ramey signing off been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. Medley is over on Morrissey as Eklund flies by him, moves down the left, in across the line, throws it back, and they score!